0: I'm going to grab this iPad pulpit here. Maybe it's, maybe it's an iPhone pulpit. I like this. I told him earlier, I said, I'm going to spend most of my time down here anyway, so I might as well just set up down here. Amen. It's good to be here today. Again, I enjoyed last night. I had such a great time in the Holy Ghost last night. I don't know about you, but uh, I appreciate the presence of God anytime we come together, the people of God gathering together, and... Um, when uh, when Pastor reached out to me about coming down here, um, he mentioned that he wanted to do a seminar on Saturday, and I didn't ask him at the time what it was about, but I knew what I was going to talk about. Wow. And then later on, I thought, well, I better check in with him just to make sure he doesn't have some expectations that I <laughs> maybe I need to shift. And he said, uh, he said, I'm thinking something like altar working, and I said, it's my passion. <laughs> My passion. So here I want to say this at the outset. I felt this a few minutes ago when we were worshiping. I'm saying this for, for the benefit of every person that's sitting in this room right now. Sometimes it can be discouraging when you set up a session like this and you look around, and you're like, Man, where's everybody at? Like trust me. What we're gonna talk about today is not necessarily for everybody. Okay? But if there's a if there's a group of us and I say a group of us. This is the, the body of Christ. We're all part of one body. I'm not a separate body. I'm not a separate member of the body. We are all part of the same body. I have, I have ministered this several times in my local church. Okay? And you know how many times someone comes in and needs a Holy Ghost and guess who they go looking for to pray through the Holy Ghost? This guy. That makes me mad. If every person that comes here needs a Holy Ghost... If they have to go get him to pray him through to the Holy Ghost, I call that the efforts of many funneling through one. If all of us go out and we evangelize and we reach out to the lost and we talk to our neighbors and our coworkers and all these people and we get them all in the door and then we dump them at this guy's feet and we're like, all right, Pastor, pray him through, baptize him, disciple him, get him ready to see Jesus, okay? What happens in a funnel? It gets backed up. A funnel's purpose is to restrict flow. So we can't grow and expand at at the rate that is needed in this hour. Do you realize we're living in the end of the end? Listen, I've been in this thing. I'll be 42 years old in October. I've been in this thing. I was born into this thing. My parents were first generation apostolic. I was raised on a church pew. I was raised in a home missions church. My parents uh, were part of 40 people who received the baptism of the Holy Ghost because God raised uh, my uncle, who has since passed, raised him up from basically the dead in the late 70s. And 40 people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost through that miracle and were driving 30 miles one way to church. And the pastor said, I love all you people being here, but why don't you go start your own church? And they did right. in a little storefront building. That's, that was my upbringing. And they were preaching then that it was the end. Remember, anybody here remember 88 Reasons Jesus is coming back in 88? That, that was my childhood. I remember we started having all-night prayer meetings in like 1989 when desert the first desert storm. We thought that was Armageddon. Right. right? Here we are 34 years later. We're still here. And I'm telling you today, even though I've heard this since I was a child, this is the end of the end. Yeah, yeah, this isn't a skirmish that's happening in the Ukraine. Our hearts are broken for those precious people. But look what's lining up right now. I'm not, I'm not a prophecy preacher. I'm not here today to talk come about on, prophecy. This isn't a prophecy symposium. I'm just telling you, I've read the book. I've read the news. And I know what I see and I know what I feel. Yes. This is the end of the end. Right. And every single person in the room, from the youngest to the oldest, has got to be equipped. And we've got to be equipped to do the work that God saved You to do he didn't save you to come dump everything at his feet or her feet He saved you to be a part of his kingdom and to participate in kingdom work And so that's why we're here today. I'm passionate about this And so when I say it's not for everybody, there's just some people And god loves them and I love them They just don't have the personality to go do something. They just they just I don't know what it is They just got a block there you can call it a roadblock, you can call it a mental block, you can call it a personality block, whatever you want. But they're just comfortable showing up, shaking hands, saying hello to people. Don't ask me to go praise for someone to receive the Holy Ghost. Don't ask me to, to coach somebody through to receiving the Holy Ghost. I believe you're here today because you're hungry. And you want to go deeper in Jesus. You want to be more involved in His kingdom than ever before. You recognize the day and the hour. God has brought you in contact with people. And so by the help of the Holy Ghost today, I feel, I feel such a sweet spirit of God in the room. Even when I came in and, and there was already a few gathered here. And then we began to sing and worship. There's such a sweet presence of God here today. And I believe that he's going to impart some things. Do you believe in the spirit of impartation? Do you believe in that? God is going to impart things, not because of any other situation, but but just just the word of God that will be spoken here today is going to be imparted into your spirit. I'm telling you, there's revelation. Hear me right now. I'm not just saying this. Revelation is going to be imparted to you today. What What I'm going to teach to you today was imparted to me in a meeting. I'll tell you my testimony here in a little bit as we get into this. This was imparted to me in a meeting when i was 28 years old it forever changed my life i was never the same ever again that's why i'm so passionate about this it changed me it has it has changed my approach to ministry it's changed my approach to people on the street it's changed my approach to people in home bible studies in my home everything has changed because of the ministry that i received here let me say this on the outset at the outset i can't give anybody the holy ghost I can't fill anybody with the Holy Ghost. Not everything's my revelation. Not everything God has given to me. I believe that God gives us little pieces here and there. Okay, He uses different people. He gives your pastor a revelation. He communicates something to me, and I'm like, yes, that's a piece. Right? There's a man in the church in Puyallup. His name is Mel Berglund. And Mel Berglund, a few years ago, probably probably 10, 15 years ago, he preached a message called the Ministry of a Midwife. Now, that sounds like a real spiritual thing to to teach on a Sunday morning, right? The ministry of a midwife. And he talked about the role of the church in the process of the new birth. And if if you understand the process of a midwife and birth, a midwife cannot give birth to that baby. She cannot deliver that baby. It is up to the mother to deliver that baby, but the midwife is there to assist her, to coach her. That mother, generally, if she's in the hospital, is hooked up to a machine. And, and when a mother is hooked up to a machine in the hospital and she's given birth to a baby, generally, she's had an epidural. That means that she's lost feeling from about here down. And she doesn't know that her body's going into a contraction. And so there is a midwife. Sometimes I call them a nurse. But mid, nurses and midwives can be different things. But there's a, a midwife or a nurse who's standing there watching that monitor. And they're watching that contraction come on. And they begin to coach her. There it is. There it is. Push. Push, push. They're seeing the contraction happen in real time. And in my, my place in the altar with a seeker, somebody who is ready to receive the Holy Ghost, it's just that I can't give you the Holy Ghost, but I'll tell you when it's coming on you right, and I'll, right, I'll right, coach you. Right. Hey, There it is, there it is. Yes, That's my job. That's all I can do. The rest is up to Jesus and the receiver. Well, you know, we say the rest is up to Jesus. When did he pour it out? Acts chapter 2, right? Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire it set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They were the first group of terriers. They waited for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, just like they were commanded to do. After that, when you go read the book of Acts, everyone else was automatic. While Peter yet spake these words, what happened? The Holy Ghost. Now, I don't want to cross anybody's theologies today. And if something different is preached in this church, what he says goes. I'm just, I'm just sharing things with you today, okay? I don't believe in tearing for the Holy Ghost. I don't believe in seeking for the Holy Ghost. I believe the scriptural example is receiving the Holy Ghost. Do we all agree here today that the Holy Ghost is a gift? Yes. Okay? Do you go to your birthday party and beg for your gifts? Do you go to Christmas at mom and dad's house and beg for your gifts? No. Usually if your kids are like mine, Christmas morning they're dying to give me the gift they bought me. Come on, dad, open yours. Open yours. Come on, dad. Dad, dad, dad. If ye then being evil, Know how to give good gifts unto your children. How much more does your heavenly father want to give the Holy Spirit to them to ask him? Yes. But somehow in the apostolic church, over the process of time, we developed this thing. Well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a seeker. I'm seeking the Holy Ghost. Something's probably wrong. He didn't ask you to seek for the Holy Ghost. He said, receive the Holy Ghost. Oh, we're going to get into some scriptures today. I can tell, I can say something. Ah, like, I don't know about this. The, the, scriptures, the scripture's clear. They waited once, they tarried once, he poured it out. After he poured it out, it just started happening all throughout the book of Acts. And then what do we say we are? We're a book of Acts church, right? We're a continuation of the book of Acts. All right, enough meddling. Let me give you my testimony. I begin ministry sometime around 14 or 15 years old when I begin to preach. And um, went to Bible school in 1999. I was, I was 18 years old, going on 19 years old when I left for Bible school. Went to Bible school, preached in Bible school, ministered in Bible school, set through classes in Bible school. And between the age of, let's just call it an uh, age of... 10 years old, 18 years old, until I was 20, about 28 years old, I had prayed for probably, I'm just throwing a number out there, something greater than 50, less than 100 people to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, okay, in my young ministry. Up to 28 years old. 28 years old would be pretty old, right? From, let's just say, from 10 to 28. Cognizant, knew what it was to receive the Holy Ghost. I had prayed with 10 between 50 and 100 people to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Does anybody want to take a stab at how many of those people received the Holy Ghost? Just shout a number out. that I prayed for between 50 and 100 in a in 18 year process to receive the Holy Ghost. Anybody take a guess? How many? 5 2 1 0, zero. <laughs> I had never prayed anybody through to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, some of you are like, that's staggering. It is. It's, it's also embarrassing. I'm just being open and honest with you today. I, was a li- I got my license. I was licensed with the UPC when I was 20 years old. I'd never pray anybody through the Holy Ghost. I'd go to, I'd go to Holy Ghost Crusades and pray for people to receive the Holy Ghost. They'd never get the Holy Ghost when I was praying with them. I went to, in Bible school, I took a class called Personal Evangelism. It was an elective. I took it because we were going to have two Holy Ghost Crusades in that class that were going to be led by Jack Cunningham and Arnold Mangus Jack Cunningham is a, the nephew of Billy Cole. Both these guys had been to Thailand with Billy Cole. They'd been to Ethiopia. They'd been all over the globe doing Holy Ghost Crusades. And they were going to teach us how to work altars, how to pray people through the Holy Ghost. And then we were going to go out on the streets, evangelize, hold crusades and have real life experience. I was like, this is what I signed up for. This is why I came to Bible college. I'm going to fix this mess. <laughs> Didn't work. When I was four years old, I was in a, I told you I was raised in a small church. We had church in a garage of the pastor's house when we started, in his little two-car garage for years. We had an evangelist come through and preach in that two-car garage. Her name was Loretta Smalley, a powerful woman of God. She was a missionary to Hong Kong. The Lord used her mightily. And I was told, key word there, I was told that I got the Holy Ghost on a Wednesday night in a Loretta Small and Revival at four years old. My parents have told that story everywhere everywhere they go. I was four years old when I was told I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. How many of you remember four years old? You remember it? Not much. So I got the Holy Ghost when I was four, but I don't remember what happened. So if I don't remember what happened, how in the world could I tell anybody else how to get there? So I spent my whole life, these, these let's just call it 18 years, I spent my whole life of my own fault, of my own volition, not understanding how anybody received the Holy Ghost. And I'll be honest with you, I, 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 I felt like, and I had this belief that if when people came up to the front and they began to pray they repented of their sins and they begin to worship God, that God was suddenly going to come down and overtake them, and, and they would just begin to speak in tongues, and that's how people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That was this, this, don't, don't shoot me for this, it was this magical work of the Spirit, or we would call it in Pentecost, this supernatural work of the Spirit, where God, you know, they're here and all of a sudden they're. Aah! Woo! I got it! Yes! Woo! And and, and that was what I was expecting. And so because it didn't happen that way, you know, I just left every time thinking, well, that brother, that brother, there's a guy, there's a man of God. He's a pastor now. He pastors the church I grew up in now. His name's Stephen Rice. Stephen was our neighbor across the road where I grew up in, the house I grew up in. And we lived across the road from Stephen for 17 years and about 14 years into that, living across the road from him, he started, he was a drug addict, alcoholic. He was all messed up, lived up in the hills. Uh, I lived on a dead-end gravel road in the middle of nowhere, and he lived at the dead end of a mile-long gravel driveway up on the hill above us. I called my neighbor across the road because his driveway was across the road from ours. We couldn't see his house, and he couldn't see ours. But we drove by every day, you know, and you'd see people on the road, and he would wave. And so we had this relationship, and everybody helped everybody else in the country. Well, Stephen calls our house one day and says... Curtis, is my dad's name, Curtis, Curtis, I'm having a heart attack. Well, really, he's ODN, but he thought he was having a heart attack. So my dad says, all right, we'll run up there. So he, my dad calls 911, get an ambulance coming. We run up his driveway in the truck. We get up there. He's laying on the floor in his house. You know, he's spun out, whatever's going on. And ambulance came, picked him up. We went to the hospital with him. Within two Sundays he was baptized in Jesus name and for the next two years he prayed for the gift of the Holy Ghost in our church. God finally gave him the Holy Ghost one night laying in his bed as he was going to sleep. <laughs> as a young I was I was between 14 and 17 years old during this time. As a young man I remember I mean we had some powerful services and brother Steve would come to the front and he prayed he never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I since since Having received this revelation and walking in this revelation, I wish I could go back and do that all over again because I believe he could have got the Holy Ghost the first Sunday. But he was working with people who didn't have an understanding of what was happening. So, fast forward to 2000, it was 2007 or 2008. I was almost 28 years old. It was a summertime. I went to a meeting, a special meeting. It was a three-day meeting, and uh, it was a prayer and fasting meeting, so I was at the end of the third, the third day, we were going to break our fast. I was ready for the meeting to be over. It had been a powerful meeting, and uh, there was a man there, and I, I'm sharing this with you because this these things aren't original to me. I didn't come up with these things, but these things were imparted to me, and I'm going to impart them to you, okay? There was a man that was speaking at that meeting. His name was Chester Wright. You may or may not have heard his name. A powerful man of God. He he had done a lot of these sessions, and and. We're going up to lunch. We hit this, the, the, the schedule was we're going to lunch today. And when we're done with lunch, then we're all going to go break our fast at the restaurant. And then we're going to come back tonight, and we're going to have a Holy Ghost crusade on Friday night. Well, you know how I feel about Holy Ghost crusades. <laughs> right? 18 years, and nobody gets the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost crusades, for me anyway. People get the Holy Ghost all around. You know, my buddies are praying people through, but I've never prayed anybody through. And so... I'm not super hip on Holy Ghost Crusades. I'm just like, yeah, I'll be there, you know, but get me to the lunch table because I'm hungry. I've been fasting for three days. So the guy who's in charge of the meeting gets up. At the end, it's lunchtime. Bishop Wright's done. He says, you know, he said, "Uh, Brother Wright, I, I would really, I think you should just take a moment and talk to us about how to pray people through to the Holy Ghost. And I thought, oh, Lord, here we go again. You know, this is, who, this is where I'm at. I'm 28 years old. I've been raising this thing, and I'm just, I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm at my wit's end. And so I thought, man, I've heard it all. You know, have a breath, mint. Don't yell at them. Don't spit in their face. You know, don't rock them around. I've heard all the things you're supposed to do, you know. don't don't speak in tongues in their ears so they think they can repeat what you're saying. All the things we tell people to do, I've heard it all. I can repeat it. I can write it on a chalkboard with my eyes closed. But here we go again. And he got up. And he shared the things with us that I'm going to share with you today. I'd never heard this stuff in my entire life. I thought, Lord, have mercy. I don't know if this is true, but I'm going to get a chance to try it out tonight. And so we, we set through this. It took about 45 minutes, and we got done with it, and I thought, okay, here we go. We went to lunch, broke our fast. We came back that night, 7 o'clock. We had church, man. We shouted and danced, and the, the building that we were in was across the street from the jail, and one of the, one of the men in that church were on the city council, and the city council uh, that he had some rapport with the jailer. And so he would let him walk across the street and get the inmates out of the jail and walk them over to the church in shackles and put them on the front row. So that night he went and emptied the jail out and brought all these guys in. And they're all sitting here. So we got a place. I mean, everybody needs the Holy Ghost. The preacher gets done preaching. And he says, now I'm going to ask everybody who needs the Holy Ghost to come to the front. You know, yeah, you know everybody does. So everybody piled in the front. All these guys, all these inmates over here, they come piling up on this side. And, and, and then they like, okay. And here comes the most dreaded part for me in any situation. Everybody needs one person in front of them. Okay, here we go. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. <laughs> just like, what am I doing? Within five minutes, the man that I was praying for received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He was an inmate who'd never been in an apostolic church before. I got done with that one. I was like, I'm gonna go get another one. <laughs> this felt so good. It's it's been a long time. I'm 28 years old, I've never prayed anybody through the Holy Ghost before. So I ran on. I found another one. I grabbed a hold of him, I put my hands on his head, I began to talk to him just like I talked to the last guy. He's speaking in tongues in two minutes. Before I knew it, I'd prayed three people through the Holy Ghost. We weren't even 15 minutes into the altar call. I went and found a chair. I fell over, and I just began to weep before the Lord. I, I couldn't believe what had happened. I watched Brother Wright, who had shared these things with us. I watched him go from the rest of those guys that were left. I don't know. There must have been 10 or 15 of them. He prayed almost every single one of those guys through the Holy Ghost, just back to back to back to back as he moved through them. I'd never seen anything like that in my life. And there wasn't anybody shouting. There wasn't anybody screaming. Nobody was doing a countdown. I'm just being honest with you. It was so methodical. It happened just, I was, and and it wasn't like I had watched it. I had just experienced it for myself. I left that meeting, and about two weeks later, my wife and I were involved at a youth camp. We were going to be the head male and female counselors at, at Washington District Youth Camp in Auburn. So I went to that youth camp. I'm now about two weeks out of this meeting, so this is all fresh. You know? I get to youth camp, and the first night, I go into the altar, and there's just, there's just all these 12-, 13-, 14-year-old kids you know, in the altar. You know how it is at youth camp. Everybody's crying, weeping. Everybody's wanting the Holy Ghost. You know? They're at youth camp for the first time. And, and I thought, in my mind, I thought, well, this, this worked on adults a couple weeks ago. I wonder if this will work on teenagers. And I remember standing off to the side and watching these poor kids. You know, they've got, they've got like three or four uh, young people around them, you know. And you know, you know those prayer sessions in the altar call where they start here, and they've got three or four people around them, and they're doing this number. You know, this guy's getting rocked back this way and this way, and by the time he's done praying, he's all the way over here, and he's sweating, and, and he's prayed himself out. And, and then some poor soul goes, maybe next time, brother. It just wasn't your night. That's what we do. So that's what happens. And so I stepped in. This young kid, I don't even know how old he was. He was less than 15. I stepped in. I grabbed the two kids that were praying for him. I put my arms around him. I stopped him praying. I introduced myself. I said, hey, my name's Nick. What's your name? He told me his name. I said, do you need the Holy Ghost? Yes. And and he's crying. He can hardly talk. He's crying. The Spirit of God's all over him. I said, what you feel right now is the Holy Ghost. And I began to go through and talk to him about the things we're going to talk about today. He began speaking in tongues just like that. By the end of that camp, God had filled eight or nine kids through to the Holy Ghost, and most of them I had had a part in. I'm telling you, by the end of that camp, I was on cloud nine. So then I came home. A couple months later, my wife and I started hosting a Bible stay in our home. Man showed up at our home who needed the Holy Ghost. Let's we'll see if this works at the house. Works in the altar. Works on jail on, on, on inmates. Works on youth. Let's see if it works on adults in home Bible studies. man called me before Bible said He said, Pastor, I'm coming to Bible study. And I said, I'm I'm really hoping. I I really want the Holy Ghost. I've been seeking the Holy Ghost. I really want the Holy Ghost. Well, I hadn't had a chance to get my hands on him in church, but he was going to be at my house that night. So we had a a short Bible study. We ate some food. There was a bunch, probably five, ten of us there from the church. And I said, Sean, you ready to seek the Holy Ghost? He said, yes. I said, lift your hands. I began to talk to him. Within about five minutes, he was speaking in tongues right in my front room. Changed my life to this day, since 2007, 2008, to this day, 2022. Every single person that I have prayed for to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost has either received it or they and I have agreed verbally before they walk away from the altar that they weren't ready for it. They weren't ready to receive it. We're going to get into that. It happened last night, and I'm going to share it with you. It happened, happened right here at the altar last night. I'm going to share the story with you. I was hoping he would be here today, but he's not for the landing. I wanna share an interaction I had with him last night that's important. And, and here's the thing My, I, as, I, as I begin to think back over this, and, and I know we're laying some groundwork here, and the things that we're gonna get through, we'll go through quickly, but I'm laying some groundwork here because I want you to understand where I'm coming from and how I got here, okay? I don't wanna just hammer you with, here's what you need to do. I want you to know there's a process that brought me to this place, and it was a process called failure. Anybody here like failing? I hate failing. I hate being a loser. I don't want to be a loser. A process of failure brought me to this place. This wasn't some magic potion that happened. And so it it broke my heart through the years. As I would go to camps and conventions, and there's a few faces and names that stand out to me. And I'd watch, every time they'd call for somebody to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the same people would come to the front over and over and over and over again. And I thought to myself, as a young boy, I thought to myself, and as a teenage boy, I thought, I mean, I got it at four, I was told. I got it at four years old. I'm not doubting that I got the Holy Ghost. I'm just, I'm, I'm, That's going to make more sense later. When I keep saying, I was told, I was told, I was told. I, was, I believe I got the Holy Ghost at four years old. I just told you I don't remember. And so I I got that at four. This kid's now in his late teens and he's been coming to the the altar for the last 10 years. And I began to realize and begin to find as I traveled the country that that people had been in church 25, 30 years and never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I was preaching revival a few years ago in the state of Alabama and the pastor's son-in-law was on the platform playing bass guitar. I found out he's been in church his whole life. He's 35 years old. He'd never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He'd been seeking it for 35 years. I nearly fell out of my chair. Are you kidding me? What happened? I mean, you go to an apostolic church, you can't get the Holy Ghost at an apostolic church. You know what I find? I've prayed some of those people through the Holy Ghost in the last few years. I I tell you, now I love, my, my passion is praying people through the Holy Ghost. I love it. And you know what I love just as much as praying people through the Holy Ghost? Find me somebody who's been praying for the Holy Ghost for a few years. I want to get a hold of him. Because generally what I find, and this is well-meaning people, and we've all been here, I already told you I had 18 years of failure, so I'm not, I'm not talking to you about this from some place of pride or arrogance or I've got it figured out. I failed for 18 years, and I said a lot of dumb stuff to people in that 18 years while I was praying with them in the altar. Things like well, it must not have been your night. Come back tomorrow night. Maybe God will give it to you tomorrow night. No, he wanted to give it to you tonight, but there's some roadblock, some you're not ready to receive it yet or you don't have an understanding of what it means to receive it. That's not your fault. It's the guy who was trying to pray you through. And the other thing I found was at some point, Somebody wasn't paying attention while they were in the altar praying. They started speaking in tongues. Somebody was so caught up in their own world over here having a shout down, praise break, that they didn't even hear the poor kid or poor man praying in the Holy Ghost. So he gets done and they come up to go, well, maybe next time, brother. And so what happens in his mind when that happens? Right. Yeah. That must not have been it. I ain't never doing that again. Fast forward 20 years, he's a 40 year old man playing bass on the platform in a church and he doesn't have the Holy Ghost. You know, what I've, you know what I've concluded? And, and this is just between me and the Lord. and you don't, you don't have to believe this. This is just Johnstone theology. A lot of those people have probably gotten the Holy Ghost at some point. Just no one confirmed it to them. How could you be in church for 30 plus years in an apostolic church and not receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost? At some point along the way, there was either a lack of understanding or he got it and nobody was paying any attention and then nobody brought any revelation to him to understand. So that was the Holy Ghost. So, All of that to share with you. Pull out your notebooks. Five reasons. There's five specific reasons that people don't receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Okay? Five reasons. I'll give you a second to write that. Five reasons people don't receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I am going to challenge you. That that session that I told you about, that 45-minute session... Over the next six months to a year, I probably listened to the recording of that session a hundred times. I wanted this in my spirit more than I wanted my necessary food. I wanted this to become a part of my DNA. You know, and there's even some times where I get a little rusty with this and they'll, God forbid, they come dragging some poor soul to me in the altar call and want me to pray for them and I'm a, I'm a little out of practice because I've been busy doing other things and I get in front of them I'm like, well, you know, it's been too long. I need, to get, I need to brush back up on this. You know what I'm saying? Am I, are we all on the same page here? Yes, so five 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 reasons people don't receive the Holy Ghost. Now, these are here's how I handle this. Let me say this at the outset. This is not conventional wisdom, and this probably isn't how you have watched, witnessed, or maybe even how you received the Holy Ghost. But and and I'm not saying that. You can't receive it any other way. Obviously, many people receive the Holy Ghost in many different applications. Typically, our apostolic services aren't necessarily super conducive in the altar call to people receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. First of all, in most of our apostolic altar calls, it's really hard to hear. Or maybe I'm just really hard of hearing. I love camps and conventions, but have you ever tried to have a conversation with somebody to receive the Holy Ghost in the middle of a youth camp when the drummer's going crazy and the bass player's going crazy and the guitar's going crazy? you are like, I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. And you're just like, and you're like, and you're like, do you have the Holy Ghost? Right? It's not really conducive to having a conversation, which is why people come up and they get caught up and they're like, Aah. And everyone just gets on board of them. One guy's got one arm, another guy's got another arm, and everybody's just going ah! And we're all sweating like pigs. And so I'm just, I'm just being real. I'm just. I mean, this is about the harvest, right? It's about a harvest of souls. And when I harvest, when I work. I want, I want to get a good harvest. I don't want to go out and pick some grapes off of, and have half the grapes fall down and half the grapes get in the bucket or my pail. I, I want a good harvest. And if God's going to bring 20 visitors a month through those double doors, which I believe he wants to do, and he's going to bring 50 visitors a month, then I want to see 50 people get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Come on. I can tell you right now in the congregation you Puyallup, I don't believe there's anybody that doesn't have the Holy Ghost right now. That's of age to receive it. The last, there was, there was one lady who sought for a year and a half. I'll tell you her story later. Um, I just prayed her through at the end of last year. That wasn't, that wasn't my decision. I was waiting on her. She came faithfully every Sunday for a year and a half and was on every broadcast through COVID. Someone told her she had received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. She came to me and she said, "Do you think I have the Holy Ghost?" And I wouldn't touch it with a ten foot pole. I said, "I don't know. Why do you?" Here is what I knew: if she hung around long enough, she was going to make her own decision. she was there was enough. I knew there was enough real Holy Ghost in the room that if she was sitting behind you, who's got the real Holy Ghost, and she sees you operating in the real Holy Ghost. At, She didn't need you to tell her she didn't have the Holy Ghost. She was going to figure, she's a smart gal. She's going to figure that out in a few months. I don't think I got what he's got. This is why we need to be a spirit-filled church. When people come in, they're like, see, everybody thinks I got the Holy Ghost nowadays. Well, I got the Holy Ghost when I accepted Christ. I'm sorry. I don't have time to get into a Bible study on that today. He can teach you one tomorrow. They're coming in thinking they got the Holy Ghost. That's why we got to be a Spirit-filled church. That's why they ought to hear people praying in the Spirit when they come in. Yeah. They ought to hear us praying in the Spirit during worship service and yeah. in the altar call because at some point they're going to go, what, what, what's all that speaking in tongues stuff you got around here? Right, right. Well, you know, it's when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that's the initial evidence. Well, that's not what happened when I got the Holy Ghost. Well, we didn't want to tell you that when you got here, but... <laughs> I mean, you can't slap them upside the head with a baseball bat when they come in the front door. I got the Holy Ghost. No, you don't. They probably walk right back out. People come in, they tell me, oh, yeah, I've been, I've been, I've been spirit filled. Oh, my goodness. God bless you. Lift your hands right now. Lift your hands. I'm going to lay hands on you. When the Holy Ghost comes upon you, I want you to begin to pray in the Spirit. What's that? You don't got the Holy Ghost. <laughs> did I just tell them they don't have the Holy Ghost, or did I just put them through some paces? I'm telling you, it's just how I operate. You tell me, you. Got, I, I pray for people on the altar all the time. And I come up on somebody and they're like praying in, and they're not praying in the spirit. And I got, I'm concerned. I, you got the Holy Ghost? Yeah, okay, good. I want you, you're going to get a renewing right now. Lift your hands. I'm going, to give, I'm going to pray God gives you renewing right now. And I begin to pray with them. And if they're not praying in the Holy Ghost in 25 or 30 seconds, I stop them. I say, listen, you don't got a, you don't got a liberty to pray in the spirit, do you? No, I haven't prayed in the spirit in a long time. Okay, lift your hands. We're going to, we're going to pray differently now. I'm telling you, if you all... You don't hang out more in a service or two before I got I got a lock on you, and I'm locked in on whether or not you're, you're praying in the Holy Ghost or not. Listen, you can't live for God if you ain't full of the Spirit. The devil's out there, the temptations out there are too great, and the Scripture talks about it. It says they come, in, the seed it falls on different types of ground, and some of them they, they spring up real fast, but they don't take any root because they were. They, some people just never get the Holy Ghost, So they think they got the Holy Ghost, but I'm gonna I'm gonna know. I'm going to know, and if you get the Holy Ghost, if somebody comes to me, Pastor, someone so got the Holy Ghost, say, awesome, great, and you know what? The next service, I'm going to find my way to them in the altar, and I'm going to pray with them until I hear them praying in the Spirit, and then I know yes. is their oversight. Yep, he got it. He got it. I'll tell you more stories about that later. So when I come in contact with someone in an altar, or in a Starbucks, or in my home, wherever I'm at, and they tell me they want the Holy Ghost. First of all, and, and even this, this offends a lot of people. But hear me for a second. In our altar calls, many times people come, we, we, we enter into situations, especially as ministers. We're all ministers here, right? We're, 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 we're here to help people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We're ministering in an altar call. So I come up on a brother. I don't want to pick on you, Pastor. Can you stand up for me? I come up on a brother. He's got his hands lifted. He's praying. Okay, what's our our first inclination is just to join in with him? Hallelujah, praise God! Yes, Hallelujah. Well, what I do, first of all, when I come in, if there's two or three people around him, I start checking: Is this guy got the Holy Ghost? has he got the Holy Ghost? Yeah, he's got it. Okay, great, awesome. Okay, if the answer is no, he's praying for him. Been praying for him for a couple weeks. Get the Holy Ghost. Okay, great. Hey, 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 can I have your attention for a second? Hi, I'm Nick. What's your name? Steve. You're Steve. Okay, Steve. Man, I'm so glad you're here today. You're ready to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, right? Yeah. You can have a seat for a second. What did I just do there? I just, I just stopped the whole thing. I just quenched the Spirit. I just stopped a mighty move of the Holy Ghost that was going on him. No, 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 no. This is the problem. This is why people come in and they seek and they pray and, and nobody knows what's going on. The scripture says, let everything be done decently and in order. I know it's not Pentecostal protocol. I, I understand it, and I love the dance and shout. I love the noise. It's louder in our church than anywhere you can ever go, okay? I love it. Crank it up. Get the drums going. Get, the, get a mic on that bass. Let it pound. Boom, boom, boom. I love it. But you can't pray people through the Holy Ghost. Oh, now, there's people that get it. There's people that, like, in worship service, they just break out speaking in tongues. To God be the glory. Hallelujah. It doesn't happen that way all the time. So, but I can't expect it to happen that way all the time. And maybe he got it that way. Maybe he was just singing one day, or so. Oh, Jesus, I'll never forget. He caught the rainbow shake up. This poor brother back here, he had to pray for a month to get the Holy Ghost, and somebody had to midwife him into it. Listen, my wife's had three kids. The first one took 29 hours. The second one took 40 minutes. Naturally, the third one had to be induced, okay? Everybody had a different experience. How he got the Holy Ghost, how she got the Holy Ghost, how he got the Holy Ghost, how he got the Holy Ghost, Ghost, they're all different stories, so no no one-size-fits-all when it comes to praying people through the Holy Ghost. So one guy may get in the middle of worship service. Another guy may run to the front as soon as the pastor's done preaching, fall out on the floor pr- speaking in tongues. Another guy comes out of the water speaking in tongues. They're all great. It's all the power of God. But what about the poor guy who's just trying to figure it all out? He comes to the altar every Sunday praying. Who's helping him? I don't know how you're going to pray for him. You're going to be like, hey, just sing. I got it when I was singing. This guy's going to tell him, it took me a few months too, don't worry. Right? We all bring our own experiences to it. It doesn't mean it's godly. It doesn't mean God approves of all that. This is just all of our experiences. So if we all get on the same page, and we're all working off the same sheet of music, and when when visitors come in and pastor gives us the eyes, boom, boom, that's yours an altar call, because he's got two or three other people he's got to pray with. He knows when everyone goes out what everyone's doing, and he knows when you report back, hey, so-and-so got the Holy Ghost tonight, he knows, boom, I know they got the Holy Ghost. Everybody's on the same page. So when I, when I approach them, like that, I just shut the whole thing down. I stop them. And I know that, that especially at conferences and conventions and, and, and crusades, that, that just irks, Pentecostal irks everybody around me. But there's a couple things got to happen there. I need to know your name. I want to know what your name is. I'm going to talk to you. I'm not going to pray for you for the next 10 minutes. I'm going to talk to you. Steve. Steve, I love you, man. I want you to know that God, God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost tonight. By the way, have you repented of your sins yet? That's number one. Write that down. Number one. The five reasons people don't receive the Holy Ghost. Number one is they haven't repented. I usually start here. If I come up, generally, I mean, I, I do pray people through from the start. But a lot of, because of, because of just what, generally what I'm doing, whether I'm preaching or whether I'm, you know, maybe working with someone else in the altar, generally I come upon people that are praying for the Holy Ghost, okay? So I'm coming in midstream. I've got to step in the situation midstream. So I want to know, did you repent tonight? And maybe they say, yeah, yeah, I repented. Or two, three people, or, or maybe they're unsure. You know, right, right there in that moment, I'm going to say, hey, Listen. Before we pray again, we're all of us, all these three guys have been praying with you and me, we're all going to repent together. We're just going to start fresh, okay? I need to repent. I'll blame it on myself sometimes. I, need to, I just need to repent. Can you pray with me that as we repent? We'll just all repent together. These guys, are, we're all just going to repent together. Now listen, when you get done repenting, I'm going to tell you when you're done repenting. And I'm going I'm to pray in a way that if that person's new, that they can pray just like I'm praying. Father, I'm sorry for the life that I've lived. I know, Father, and I'm praying slow because they, they may not know how to pray. Now they can listen. They can repeat. Now they can, they, can live, they can speak a prayer of repentance that's sincere. Father, I, I know I haven't lived right. I know there's some things in my life that aren't right. But I'm telling you, tonight I'm turning around and I'm heading in a new direction. Tonight's the first night of a new direction in my life. Thank you for forgiving me. Now, I'm going to let them know, and then when that's done, I'm going to let them know, okay, we're done repenting now. We're not going to think about our past anymore. We're not going to beat ourselves up about our failures anymore. We're done repenting, and now we're going to move into worshiping God. And when you get done repenting, Steve, we have, we, 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 I know it's, 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 there's a lot of things going on around you right now, but when you get done repenting, I'm going to tell you when we're done, and I'm going I'm to tell you, go ahead and start worshiping God. And I, I want you to just tell Jesus how much you love him. I want you to begin to, to tell him that you, that you want the Holy Ghost more than anything else in your life. And I'll tell him, I'll tell him what to pray. They're, they might be a sinner far from Jesus. You might be in jail. You might be anywhere. You're a coffee shop person has never heard of Jesus before. They need some help. They need some instruction on what to do. Think about that first-time mother who's getting ready to have a baby. She did not know what to expect. She needs a midwife there. She needs a registered nurse there, somebody who can coach her through it. Hey, honey, you're going to feel this right now. Okay, there it is. That's what I told you was going to happen. See, When I know how somebody's going to receive what it takes to receive the Holy Ghost, I can now coach them through what they're dealing with to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So if I come up on somebody who's been praying for a while, or maybe I find out they've been seeking the Holy Ghost for a couple weeks, I'm going to start with repentance. Have you repented? Oh, okay, great, awesome. Let's go ahead and repent again. Okay? we start with repentance. Second place we start. You've got to believe. I tell them this. Listen. Are you ready to receive the Holy Ghost? Yes. Yes, I'm ready. Do you believe that God's going to give it to you right now? Well, I'm not sure. Okay, you still need a Bible study. I'm glad you're here tonight, brother. Okay? I'm going to connect you with this guy right here. He's going to teach you a home Bible study. I want you to connect before the night's over. You guys have a Bible study tomorrow. I'll bet you, and I don't say this to him, but I'll bet you, he'll pray through the Holy Ghost in the Bible study. Okay? In order, this isn't a, well, I'm not sure thing. Again, I'm not saying people can't get the Holy Ghost. I'm just saying when you're dealing with situations that seem to be like, why aren't they getting the Holy Ghost? Why is this taking so long? Why? You've got to believe. Number two, you've got to believe that God's going to give it to you right now. In fact, there's a scripture for this. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 2 says, For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in a day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. This is why the whole philosophy and and doctrine of, well, tonight wasn't your night. I'm sorry, hogwash. Well maybe next sunday brother maybe god's got something for you next sunday no he doesn't today is the day of salvation if we believe that the holy ghost is necessary to the new birth experience which is necessary to salvation then how why would we tell somebody well maybe tonight wasn't your night is it are we saying god didn't want to save you today Tonight is the night, Today's the day of salvation. Do you believe God wants to give you the Holy Ghost today? If the answer is yes, then you move to the next point. you move to the next thing? If it's no, hey, that's great. Here's the problem. Here's the problem that we have. Well, hold on. Let me get to the next one. And then I'm going to tell you this. Number three: if we, number three is, you must obey, okay? Have we talked about worshiping and praising God yet in this whole thing? No. We're, we're laying groundwork. This is why I have to stop them and talk to them. Okay? Now, sometimes, depending on, depending on how crazy the worship service is and how loud the music is, you've got to be sensitive. You've got to have discernment on how much you go through this stuff. Sometimes I'll pray a prayer of repentance. I'll let them worship for four hours four or five minutes max. Most of the time, if I go from prayer, if I go from repentance to worship, if I coach them from repentance into worship, if they haven't received the baptism of the Holy Ghost in two minutes from worshiping, I shut them down. Every second that ticks by that they're worshiping and they don't receive the Holy Ghost, it's just a little more doubt creeping into their minds is this real? They said, I was going to receive this. What's going on? Is there something wrong with me? Think about those poor people that get that 30-minute march across the front, being shaken side to side. What kind of doubt are they dealing with by the end of the night? I'll let them go two minutes now. If the Holy Ghost is all over them and there's tears flowing and they're like just about to fall out under the power of God, I'll let them go four or five minutes. Okay. But sometimes I just, I'll go straight from repentance right in. Now, if, if they, two minutes goes in and they ain't got it, I'm shutting them down. Steve, 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 let me talk to you, let me talk to you. First of all, Holy Ghost is all over you right now. Do you feel it? And always, you know, if they got tears and yes, yes, that's the Holy Ghost. That's, that's the power of God, okay? Now, if they've been praying for a couple weeks, a couple months, I'll say to them, then if they told me they believe they can get it tonight, I'll ask them, is there anything that God's asked you to do that you're objecting to? Generally, I'm dealing with somebody who's maybe been in the church a couple weeks, maybe a month, maybe two months. Maybe they've been around for a while and they're praying for the Holy Ghost, but they're not getting it. Maybe there's some sin in their life. I've had... I've had guys, while I'm praying for them, I've asked them that question. the They've reached in their pocket and pulled out packs of cigarettes and throw them on the floor. I've had guys pull school cans out of their back pocket. I, I didn't say to them, are you smoking cigarettes? I just said, is there anything that God's convicting you about that you're resisting? Here's why that's important. Write this down. Acts chapter five and verse 32 says, and we are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost whom God hath given to them that obey. Obey Him. Acts 5.32. So if you're not obeying Him, He's not going to give you the Holy Ghost. If your heart's not fully yielded to Him, He's not going to give you the Holy Ghost. So last night, Pastor, I was praying across from here, Pastor said to me, touched me on the shoulder, He said, this man right here, Brother Landon was standing right here. He said, he needs the Holy Ghost. Awesome. Went up to him. I He was praying. I put my hand on his shoulder. I stopped him. I introduced myself to him. I said, what's your name, Landon? I said, have you repented, Landon? He said, yes. I said, do you mind if we repent together? Just did exactly what I just said we were going to do. And we began to pray together. We got all done. I stopped him. I said, okay, great. I said, now listen. I said, are you ready to receive the Holy Ghost? He said, yes, I'm ready. I said, okay, let me ask you something. I felt this in the Holy Ghost. I said, is there anything, anything that God's asking of you to do that you're resisting right now. Because if you're resisting God in anything in your life, he's not going to fill you with the Holy Ghost right now. And I read, I, read, I quoted him this scripture. I said, Acts 5.32 says that God gives the Holy Ghost to them that obey him. And he, he, he stopped. When I said that, he stopped and he pulled back. And he said, yeah, I'm on a journey. And there, there's some things that God, me and God are talking about right now. And he said, I, I said, hey, listen, you know what? That's incredible. And I want you to know that this journey you're on is an incredible journey. And God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost when you get all this stuff figured out. What? Now, why wouldn't I just push through? Like, Come on, let's just pray some more. Here's what happens. Every time somebody doesn't get the Holy Ghost, they leave discouraged. Whether or not they tell you, they leave discouraged. And then when they leave, the enemy of their soul starts planting doubt. Yeah, those crazy Pentecostals, yeah. Telling you to speak in tongue stuff. Yeah, what's it happened to you yet? And then they disappear and we never see them ever again. When, again, all, all I'm doing is sharing understanding. Hey, listen, brother, you're, you, God's brought you here. He's aligned you with this man. God, he's brought you to this body of believers. He's gonna, he wants to save you. He's got a plan for your life. He wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost, but he's also dealing with you about some things that you need to yield to. Now, some of you right now, your minds are blown. You're going, Brother Johnston, you, 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 t- you wouldn't let a guy pray for the Holy Ghost in the altar. I'm going to get to this later on, because this whole yielding thing, This yielding thing is the number one reason people don't receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And you don't just get to yield at one place in your life. Receiving the Holy Ghost is all about yielding. And if you're not yielded, you can't receive it. So if you can't yield into whatever God's asking of you, and you know what the thing is? He may have just asked them that night in the altar. He may ask them while the pastor was preaching. Maybe that night he preaches about pornography, and there's some, some person sitting on the pew who needs the Holy Ghost who's addicted to pornography, and they don't want to give it up. And they're coming to the altar and they're wanting you to pray with them to get the Holy Ghost. And in their heart they're saying, well, I'm not really, I'm not ready to give that up yet. How's God to give them the Holy Ghost if they're not yielded to him? Now, I'm not, again, I'm not saying that people who are living in sin haven't received the Holy Ghost. I've prayed hooligans through the Holy Ghost. But I don't think they yet had the understanding of all that they were doing was hooliganism that was going to come when they came back the next Wednesday night and pastor taught on hooliganism. <laughs> Wait, I can't smoke and drink at this church? Oh, man. But they were drawn by the Spirit of God in the service, and they responded and believed, and God in their, honored their faith and gave them the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Okay? So I've got to obey. The fourth thing, and again, if you've ever, if you've ever been around me in, a, in, a, in an altar call, I... I uh, there's a young man, a young man in the church in Puyallup. He is uh, he's an on fire for God. I love him to death. Uh, he's an army ranger, and the guys just, go get him, go get him, go get him. He's done a ton of tours in Afghanistan and all over the world. And, and uh, we were in a service together, a district function together a few years ago, and I was sitting on the platform just waiting for the Lord to lead me who to pray for. I, I don't just surprise attack people in the altar. I try to wait. on Who who do who you direct me to pray for? And he was running all over the place. He was up on the platform praying with this person, and he was running over here praying for this person. And at some point, he came running up on the platform, and he put his arms around me. and he goes, Pastor, Pastor, what, what, why are you just sitting here, man, all these people? I said, I'm just waiting on the Lord to show me which one I'm supposed to pray for. And he said, oh, okay. And he went back and ran out, and he started praying for everybody again. That works for some people. If I come up, if I, so I, I'm saying and saying I'm observing. A lot of times in an altar call, I'm observing. I'm letting the Lord talk to me about situations. And if I'm watching Brother Steve over here praying for the Holy Ghost, and I'm over on that side, and I've been praying for him for a minute, and then I was back up there on the platform, and I'm looking, and I'm watching, and I know that he needs the Holy Ghost, and I've been watching for the last 20 minutes him praying, and he's going like this. I'm probably going to come over there and I'm going to talk to him about number four. If you're going to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you have to open your mouth and worship. The analogy I love to use with people is, can you drink a bottle of water with your head down, your mouth closed? That's pretty hard. You're just going to dump water all over yourself, right? And yet people come to the altar... Again, I, I trust me. I'm not. I, there's no ill feelings. I'm not being mean in this. But we. I I literally. I I see this. I see this in our own congregation. People will pray with someone for five minutes and they're doing this, head down, mouth not moving. And I'm like, folks, we're not getting anywhere. Somebody get in the middle of this thing. Somebody intervene in this situation. This poor soul is up here. They had enough faith to walk to the altar. Somebody get in the middle of it and say, you want the Holy Ghost? Well, In order to get the Holy Ghost, you're going to have to lift up your head. You're going to have to open your mouth and you're going to have to begin to speak out. I love you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. That's important. So, number one is repent. Number two, believe you're going to receive it right now. Number three is obey. Number four is open your mouth and worship. And, you know, most all of that, probably everybody in the room knows. And you're probably saying, you're probably saying, what in the world? What's, what's, so, what's so great about this? Number five is probably the most important and probably the thing that I see the most and deal with the most in praying people through the Holy Ghost. And that is, you have to yield your tongue. And here was the statement that changed my life. God doesn't speak in tongues. I speak in tongues. He gives me the utterance. We read that in Acts chapter 2. They were they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. The Spirit didn't come down and overtake them and Force them to speak in tongues. The Spirit of God came upon them and utterance came upon them. And individuals chose to yield their tongue to the Spirit of God and to speak out the utterance. I don't know why this is so foreign to us. Because we do this every day. I'm doing this right now. I'm doing it from my understanding right now. I'm processing words in my head and then yielding my tongue to let the words that I'm processing, the thoughts, the phrases, the sentences, those things that are forming in my mind, I'm allowing them to come out of my mouth. I'm yielding to this. I don't know why this is such a foreign concept to us in our humanity when we switch it to the Spirit of God. Because in the Spirit, when we when we switch it to the Spirit of God, it's the same yielding here. Just the source changes. It goes from the source being this to the source being this. Here's the scriptures. I already gave you Acts chapter two, verse four, John chapter seven, verse thirty-eight. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his brain shall flow rivers. Of living water. Is that what your Bible says? What's your Bible say? His belly. Out of his innermost being. So, come back up here. I'm going to mess with you for a while. So now I've, I've been praying for Brother Steve to receive the Holy Ghost. We've repented. He's, he believes. He's obeying, okay? He's, there's nothing there. He's got his mouth open. He's, he's praying out loud. He's worshiping God. He's got tears strong, streaming down his face. The Spirit of God is all over him, okay? Now, here's, here's something else. I try not to push people around. I try not to get, and I get excited, but I, I try to hold my excitement to me, okay? Okay? There's nothing to me more exciting, nothing nothing more emotionally overtaking than when the person that I'm praying with received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Generally, I begin to weep with them because I'm so overwhelmed at what God is doing in their lives. But here's the thing. The only reason that I'm touching them, in fact, most of the time when I pray for the Holy Ghost, it freaks people out. I won't touch people. I'll stand here and talk to them. I don't want to mess with them. I don't want to distract them. Now, when the Spirit of God, when, when I sense that the Spirit of God is coming upon them, I will put my hand on their head. There's a transference now. Now I'm feeling what they're feeling, and they begin to feel what I'm feeling. So when I put my hand on their head, I begin to feel the Holy Ghost. Now I communicate. Hey, Steve, Steve, that's the Holy Ghost. What you feel right now is the Holy Ghost. It's all over you. Generally, I'm feeling it too. I got goosebumps. They're, you know, I, I'm, I'm about ready to bust out and start having a praise break right here because I'm feeling the Holy Ghost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. That's it. Okay. So I'm watching all this happen. I feel the spirit of God on him. He feels the spirit of God. He can't stop crying. He's shouting hallelujah and all this stuff's happening. The last thing that's left for him to do is to stop praying in English and start praying in the spirit. And it's my job as the spiritual midwife to help him to understand that. And so I begin to communicate that. Sometimes I'll even stop him. Steve's going 100 miles an hour. He's crying. He's praying. He's shouting. He's about to come out of his shoes. I'm like, oh, hold on, Steve. Steve, Steve. hold on. Stop for a second. Look. Isn't that awesome? Man, I don't know if you feel what I feel right now, but man, it is, woo, it's all over you. It's so powerful. And you feel it, don't you? You feel it, and it's, it's about to come out of your mouth, and you just don't know what to do with it. That's the Holy Ghost. Now, sometimes, I'll, I'll even share this. Do you know anybody who speaks two languages? Mm-hmm. Yeah? They speak Spanish and English? They say Los Iglesia, Pentecostal Unida. <laughs> eres tú, Señor. Right? Mm-hmm. How did I do that? How did I do it? I just chose to stop speaking in English and start speaking in Spanish. That's all I did. Receiving the Holy Ghost is as simple as that. You just have to choose to stop praying in English. Stop praying from right here. And start praying from right here. That's just, and, and when you communicate that to people, I, you can sit down for a second, or we're coming back to you. About five years ago, at a youth convention in Tri-Cities, somebody came and grabbed me in the middle of service from another church i was uh, a youth pastor from the everett church she knows me she knows she's good she was at the time she was good friends with a youth pastor in Puyallup. she knew she knew my experience she comes and grabs me in the middle of the altar call she said we've got a foreign exchange student here from china and he wants the holy ghost this is his first first church service he wants the holy ghost okay he's at youth convention and i'm thinking and she's dragging me across the front to this kid i'm thinking oh my gosh i don't put this kind of pressure on me so I walk over to this kid. His name's Fook. I said, Fook, my name's Nick. It's nice to meet you, sir. I said, are you ready to receive the Holy Ghost? He said, yes. I could tell he'd been crying. I, 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 could just, I just There's some spiritual sensitivity sometimes, sensitivity sometimes that has to go on. I knew Fook was ready. I said, Fook, you speak two languages, don't you? Yes, yes, I speak Mandarin, and I speak English. I said, how do you do that? He said, I just stopped speaking Mandarin. And I start speaking English and I stopped speaking. I said, yes, it's the same way when you receive the Holy Ghost. Lift your hands and start praying in the Spirit. And he lifted his hands. He the robo shake!" It's just like that. People who speak two languages, this is natural to them. It becomes natural to us once you've received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There ain't no issue around here. We all pray in the Spirit whenever we want, right? We're praying along in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray you touch the pastor tonight. It just comes natural to me. And so it's my responsibility as the midwife when I'm praying with someone to receive the Holy Ghost to impart that understanding to them. So stand back up. So I just told Steve that story. Now he's like, I'm, I'm telling you, every time I've told, every time I, I if I feel impressed, with the Lord to share that with somebody. If, they, if maybe they're struggling, I can sense that they're having an issue with. This. The smarter, how do I say this kindly? <laughs> just the smarter the person is, the harder it is for them to receive the high baptism of the Holy Ghost. Right. I've even told people, just shut your brain off, okay? Well, it just sounds so. That's the problem. Here, I like to tell people this. When you speak, it passes through here. When you pray in the Spirit, it passes through here. If you try to let what's trying to come out of here, when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, pass through here, it'll never make it out of here. Because your mind will rationalize it like, no, I I can't say that. No, 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 no. That ain't coming out of my mouth out loud. These people are going to think I'm crazy. you got to shut the mind off. So Steve's Steve's got the revelation. He's seen it. You, you, You can witness it when you tell him. So now he lifts his hands again. He begins to worship. The Spirit of God comes back on on him again. And I'm watching. I'm waiting for that moment. when I see the Spirit of God come back on him again. Because here's the thing. If the Spirit of God is real, can you stop it? No. By me saying, when Steve's about ready to come out of his shoes and he's getting ready to dance across the front of the room and I go, well, Steve, 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 hold on, hold on, just one second, I want to talk. But you're, you're so close. You feel it, you feel it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah God, God's trying to give it to you right now. Here's the problem. You just keep praying. You just keep saying hallelujah. You, you need to transition. You need to let what you're feeling right here come out of your mouth. It's going to sound weird. It's going to sound crazy. That's the spirit of God. That's the Holy Ghost. Let it out of your mouth, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lift your hands right now again. He can go right back into where he started. Me, me stopping him for 30 seconds to bring some more understanding to him doesn't quench him or keep him from getting the Holy Ghost. And everybody gets all mad like, what are you doing stopping him, bro? No, I'm trying to help him. We can push him around the front all night and dance and shout. And we have a good time. We're all going home happy that we had a shout down tonight, And this poor guy goes home and cries himself to sleep because one more Sunday night he didn't get the Holy Ghost. Right. So my personal responsibility is to make sure Steve leaves here with the Holy Ghost. So lift your hands again, Steve. We're going to pray again. All right, there it is. It's right there, Steve. It's all over you. All right, now, now transition right there. Stop, stop, stop praying in English. Start praying in. I'm not. I'm not even praying for him at that point. I'm just communicating. I'm. I'm talking. There you go. And I'm not yelling at him either. I've prayed people through in the quietest of conditions. That's it, Steve. That's that's the Holy Ghost right there what you're feeling? Yep, yeah, there it is, there it is. All right, all right, speak that out. No, not in English. Steve, Steve, stop saying hallelujah. Nope, that's not it. There, there, there you go, there you go. That's the Holy Ghost, that's it. Oh, isn't that beautiful? And then as soon as they begin to pray in the Holy Ghost, here's how you finish this. Remember when I said at the beginning, I was told I had the Holy Ghost? Right, right. I'll let them speak in tongues for 30 seconds, and I stop them. <laughs> 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 Woo! Wasn't that awesome? Yeah, did you hear that? Yeah, man, it was coming out of me. I couldn't stop it. I know. Let's do it again. Right? I want him to remember how he got there. Because when he leaves and goes out the door, I want him to wake up tomorrow morning when his feet hit the floor. I want him to open his mouth. I don't want want him tomorrow morning to wake up like, yesterday? Well, they told me I got the Holy Ghost, but I'm not sure what happened. Thank you, you can sit down for a second. Precious woman of God. Precious lady of God. She lived in Puyallup. Been in Puyallup her whole life. Owns a business about two miles from our church. A business that her father started in the 70s. She inherited it. She runs it now. She was on a... Wine tour trip in the Napa Valley, and ordered a car to pick her up and take her from the motel, the hotel, to back to the airport so she could fly home for her 50th birthday party. A backslidden apostolic man from Brother Price's church in Napa, California, picked her up, took her to the airport, started hitting on her in the front of the Yukon. They exchanged phone numbers. She got on the plane, flew back to Seattle. He began to text her. Next thing you know. He's flying up to meet her, and they fell in love. They got married a few years ago, and God began to convict him. He moved to Puyallup, and God began to convict him, you need to get right with me. So he's now, these 50-year-old people, one of them's been an apostolic, and one of them hasn't. He repents, decides to come back to God, and the first thing he does is decide to go on an Israel tour with the late brother Irvin Baxter and take his new wife and introduce her to Pentecost in the land of Jesus. And so they buy the tickets and she goes with them, and it's a group of all apostolics. His brother Baxter's leading the whole thing. And so they're on this bus, and this poor lady doesn't know, she doesn't know Acts 2 from Gen 1. I mean, she's just, she's clueless, and she's rolling around on this bus with a group of apostolics in the Holy Land. They get to the Jordan River, and they're like, Does anybody want to be baptized? And her husband goes, I do. <laughs> They baptized her in Jesus' name in the Jordan River where Jesus was baptized. And the person that baptized her said she got the Holy Ghost. Maybe she did. I don't know. So they come home and they get on the internet and they start Googling, you know, churches. It's a whole story, but they they walked in on a Sunday morning to our church. Very obviously, he looked apostolic. She didn't, so I knew something was up. So I, I went back and I just middle of service and I because I, I I had something going on so I just slipped him a business card, one of my personal business cards, like my company business card. I slipped it to him. I said, "Call me." By the time I got back onto the platform, I had a text it said, "I need to meet with you." Made, I made I'd made it from there to there and I don't have a text. I need to meet with you. <laughs> we had coffee on Wednesday. He told me the story, and the next week I was in their house for a home Bible study and. And he said, yeah, my wife got the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name in the Jordan River. I said, that's incredible. My goodness, what a story. And she looked at me and she goes, well, that's what they told me. I got scared. (laughs) And I, I sat there for a couple seconds, stunned, because in that moment I knew, you don't got the Holy Ghost. Believe When you got the Holy Ghost, you knew it, Right. No one told you, oh yeah, you got the Holy Ghost, brother. You knew it. There was a change that happened in you, and other people began to see it. And so I shared this. I shared this one night, and she came to me and she said, I, I hear everything you're saying, but I don't know if that's I, I don't know if that's how it happened for me. I'm not, I'm just not sure. And I said, You just hang out here for a while and you'll figure it out. So, me being the confrontational person that I am. That's a joke. I, I let her hang out for around six months or so. And then one Sunday I made my way to her. She was sitting in the second row. And I, I, I said, this Holy Ghost stuff. I said, can I pray with you? She said, absolutely. She lifted her hands. And I laid hands on her and I began to pray for her. And I could tell she was really struggling. She, she couldn't pray in the spirit. And I just left it. I didn't say anything to her. I just walked away. was done praying with her. And a year and a half went by. And we talked about it. We had home Bible studies. We talked about receiving the Holy Ghost. And I could tell there was so much turmoil in here because she was, she was torn between what somebody had told her but what she was experiencing every Sunday and every Wednesday. And she was, she was so distraught because this, this prayed-through husband of hers, I generally sat right where you're sitting on Sundays, and they sat right behind me. And that guy just praising the Holy Ghost the entire service. He's praying in tongues. He's singing in tongues. He's shouting in tongues. And his poor wife's sitting there going, they said I got this, but I, I don't know what he's got, but I ain't got that. Right, and I could feel her pain every Sunday. It's so about a year and a half, almost two years in. One Sunday morning, I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, go, go pray for her. So I went over there and I began to pray for her. She broke down and began to cry. And I began to talk to her just like I talked to you standing right here very quietly in the middle of an altar call. And within about five minutes, she burst forth in tongues and began to pray in the Holy Ghost. And... I just, I stopped her and I looked at her and I just smiled and she said, I didn't have the Holy Ghost all along. (laughs) (laughs) But you never told me that. I said, no, I needed you to know that. First of all, I wasn't about to discredit the man of God, whoever he was. I never got his name. That told you you got it. I wasn't going to discredit him. He's a man of God. If he said you got it, you got it. But I also know that there are signs that follow the infilling of the Holy Ghost. There's just things you can't deny. And I wasn't seeing any of those signs. She went back to praying in the spirit. I went on my way. We closed service out a few minutes later. I went back over to her. She said, I'm so angry right now. I said, why are you angry? He said, because I lived for two years thinking I had this, and I didn't. This is how important this is. Don't tell somebody they got it. Show somebody they got it. I had a man of God say something to me one time about praying people through the Holy Ghost. He said, when you come to our church and you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, he said for the next three or four services, every time you're in the altar, somebody's going to have their hands on your head and they're going to pray with you until you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost again. We're going to make sure you know what's going on this whole deal. I really took that to heart. Anytime somebody, anytime I'm praying with someone to receive the Holy Ghost, I, I'll, I'll be, I, I, I'll just be honest with you. We had to God be the glory. We had eight Kids from Puyallup come home with the Holy Ghost from junior camp. Incredible. I was so excited. You know why I was so excited? Because the Sunday before junior camp, I had all the kids come forward. I said, There's seven of these 10 kids, 11 kids that went that need the Holy Ghost. Some of them had only been in church for a few months. And I said, I want all the adults to get up here around these kids and we're going to pray. We're going to lay hands on them. Every single one of these kids are going to come back from junior camp with the Holy Ghost. And God filled all of them with the Holy Ghost at junior camp. But guess where I was the Sunday after junior camp? I was down in Sunday school. I wasn't preaching. I I said, I told Nathan Howard, I said, you're preaching Sunday. I'm in Sunday school. He goes, you're what? I said, I'm in Sunday school. I'm going to go pray every single one of those kids back through the Holy Ghost because I don't want the enemy to get one inch of doubt in their minds that they didn't get it at junior camp. So I did. I went down there and prayed, prayed them all back through the Holy Ghost, had them all praying in tongues. I made their parents come down. Come, listen, your kids down here praying in the Holy Ghost. Go get them. Go get Connor's parents. Get them down here. Go get Callan's parents. I, because these kids were, these parents were calling me. I heard, heard so-and-so got the Holy Ghost at junior camp today. Is it real? Did he really get it? You know, he called me. I don't know. When he gets home, put your hands on his head. And if he prays in the Holy Ghost, then he got it. I don't want there to be any doubt. I don't want anybody wandering around wondering, did I get it? Did I not get it? Man, I'll tell you in 30 seconds whether you got it or not. Lift your hands. Open your mouth. Begin to worship God. All right, now now stop praying in English. You've You've been praying in English for 30 seconds. Start praying in the Spirit. I know that sounds a little foreign to us. It's rare. It's rare. If somebody that I'm praying with receive the Holy Ghost doesn't have it in five minutes or less. In fact, in the last, since, since 2008, but the Landon is only the second person that I've approached in an altar who I had that conversation with. He's only the second person that I've prayed with who has not received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. The other one, was in the Stahican church. I had the same conversation with a young girl. They brought to me one night and said, this young girl wants to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. She was a visitor up there working for the summer. I was preaching for Brother Brother Wilsey, and they brought her up at the end of the service. They said, this young girl, she'd never been in church before. She wants to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I talked to her for two or three minutes, got to that point, and she looked at me straight in the eye, she said, sir, I love everything you said tonight. I love what I feel here. I just don't think I'm ready for this yet. That's beautiful. Because when she's ready, she's going to receive it like that, and she's going to know it's real. Now, had I force-fed her? Lift your hands, young lady. Put my hand on her head and started, you know, doing the... I'm, I'm really good at it. I, I can do it. By pushing them back and forth, shouting at them, screaming at them, spitting on them. In the name of Jesus, receive the Holy Ghost. And she's like, what's that? <laughs> right? And she goes back to her cabin up and stay and She's like, gets on the phone with her friends. And says, I don't, oh man, I went to this church tonight. Some guy put his hand on my head and shook me like an earthquake, screamed in my face, said, receive ye something. <laughs> right? What kind of experience is that? And believe me, we've all lived through that. And somehow we're all still here, right? <laughs> I'm not saying it can't happen that way. I'm just saying I want to be effective. I want to be effective in what I'm doing. And so I, I'm, I'm imploring you. I'm imploring you in the name of Jesus. When you pray somebody through the Holy Ghost, make sure they know they receive the Holy Ghost. Don't just tell them. And, you know, I've, I, I, had, uh, I was praying with my, my niece just received the Holy Ghost at Youth Convention a couple days ago. Powerful. She's she's seven years, or I'm sorry, seven days older than my daughter Hadley, who's here with with me this afternoon. She's seven days older. She's been praying for the Holy Ghost for a couple of years, and a couple of, I think it was uh, two years ago at youth convention. Maybe it was it was last year youth convention in Bremerton. I was there on Friday night. She was praying for the Holy Ghost, and I prayed with her. And you know, it was it was one of those things where it's loud. You know, it's youth convention. You can't hear much, and she was praying quietly. And it was hard for me to know. It was hard for me to tell. I wasn't going to tell her she didn't get the Holy Ghost. I wasn't going to tell her she did get the Holy Ghost. And her parents came to me. Did she get the Holy Ghost? I said, I'm going to tell you this. I don't know. It was so crazy loud up there. And she's such a soft-spoken little girl. And she was crying. She was so desperate. I couldn't even hear myself talk, let alone her talk. (laughs) But i tell you what I wasn't going to do. No, she didn't get the Holy Ghost tonight. I don't know. Listen, hear me. I'm dealing with somebody's salvation. This this is a heaven or hell issue. Yes, it is. This is important. Now I'm done with that. That's your five reasons. Let me let me add one more thing. It's important that when we pray people through to the Holy Ghost, especially in church settings, and, I, and, and these things that I've shared with you, they're applicable. I, I love going to camps and conventions in different places and praying with people. I love finding somebody in the altar who's been praying for the Holy Ghost for a while. I told you that. It's applicable in that. I love doing it in that. But, but we're talking about the church today. We're talking about Sunday morning, Sunday, Wednesday, Wednesday night. Whatever the situation is, people that we're trying to disciple and, 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 and get them into the body of Christ in Camus in this location, at Eastgate. It's important once they receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost that we continue to pray with them until they get a liberty to pray in the Holy Ghost at home all the time. I'll tell you, across the United States, in 99.8% of Pentecostal and Apostolic churches across multiple organizations, the thing that I see the most, the biggest detriment, are Holy Ghost-filled people who have no liberty to pray in the Spirit. I was just at a meeting this last week. I sat beside a kid on Wednesday night in a power-filled service, power-filled service. This kid's filled with the Holy Ghost. He's been in the church. He told me he'd been in church his whole life. I don't know how old he was. I just met him for the first time. I was sitting beside him in a chair. And, I mean, there was a blowout power of God. The man of God is plat- on, the, on the pulpit, at the pulpit on the platform. He's preaching. He's, he's admonishing. We're praying. He's saying, if you're a spirit-filled believer, open your mouth and let the Spirit of God be prayed through you. And, I'm, I mean, I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. And I, can I tell you something? In 30 minutes, I never heard that kid pray one time in the Spirit. And I knew, I, I, forgive me for just being spiritually sensitive, I knew he didn't have a liberty to pray in the Spirit. I'm telling you, it's a detriment in your walk with God. That newborn baby in Christ, if you don't help them find a liberty to pray in the Spirit, they will backslide. If, if, they, if they can't find it, they'll last for a few months. They may even get along for a year or so. But they eventually will lack the tools to defeat the enemy and overcome temptation, and they will succumb to it. Praying in the Spirit and receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost are so intertwined with each other. If they get the proper understanding of how to receive the Holy Ghost and you lead them to that place, you stop them, you make sure they understood how they got there and then let them go back there again before they ever leave the altar the first time. I wasn't joking when I said when they get up on Monday morning and their feet hit the floor, they're going to open up their mouth and begin to pray in the Spirit. And on Tuesday morning. And when they come back to church on Wednesday night. Now it may be a struggle for a few weeks for them, but just just keep praying with them and talk to them about that. They have got to develop a prayer life of praying in the spirit. If they don't, I'm telling you, it's just not good ground. But that responsibility is on us. If I'm the midwife, if I help them, then it's my responsibility to stay on top of them and say, how's things going? How's your prayer life? You spending time praying in the spirit? What's that? When you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, God intends for you to pray that way every day. He wants to renew His Spirit within you daily. You can do it driving down the road. You can do it washing the dishes. You can do it taking the kids to school. Whatever your situation is, God wants... That's how God fellowships with you. Let's stand together and pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, you've heard every word that's been spoken in this room today, Father. You see the ministries of every individual under the sound of my voice today, Father. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that your spirit would prevail among this group of people. That your spirit would prevail in this church, Father. Among this body of believers. I pray let there be a free flow. I speak a liberty of the Spirit of God in this room. Let every seeking and hungry individual that walks into the room receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Let there be a liberty to pray in the Spirit. I pray let every stop, let every roadblock, let every hindrance be removed. I pray against it. I take authority over it right now. In the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus I pray let an authority let an anointing come upon this group in the working of altars in the operation of the gifts of the spirit in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus let every unbeliever receive right now in the name of Jesus Yalaboriata, Yalabashiata, Yorobo Keta, hi he Loroboriata, Kia, Shotoriana. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus.